Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Hey, my name is Sam Rogers. Rogers, lowering the show. Played football at Hanover High School, then walked on at Virginia Tech. And Sam Rogers makes a cut and scores. Ended up starting for four years and being a captain. He might be the ultimate Hokie. I got drafted in 2017 to the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams select Sam Rogers from Virginia Tech. A couple months Tech. later, me and my wife got married that July, and then a month after that, we immediately went out to California uh, to start my dream of playing in the NFL. Sam Rogers, a little ball of fury. But you get out of mechanics. After build. that, it was just this road of God taking me through waiting seasons and not actually obtaining this dream, and him actually ripping this dream away from me to see more of his goodness and to gain deeper intimacy with him. This morning, you guys are going to get a chance to hear how God was intimately involved in every detail of that process. What was that description that Bud Foster said of Rogers? He called him a non-stop ball of butcher knives. You guys have never been called that before? Um, yeah, Brandon, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Um, if you guys are wondering how Brandon has gotten so big and strong lately, it's because he comes to my training programs in the morning. See me after if you're curious how he's, he actually looks like Tim Tebow. Um, whenever you, uh, whenever you go, go to a public speaking event, there's always like a little bit of nerves because you're just speaking in front of a bunch of people. Uh, some people you know, but some people you don't. And uh, so me and Lauren, in typical Sam and Lauren fashion, we were rushing this morning, um, trying to get here. And she was like, well, I don't really need my journal because you're just speaking, right? And I'm like, well, I'm flattered, thanks. <laughs> Not to say anything noteworthy, but... Um, over the, uh, over the course of the past two and a half, three years, I feel like God has showed me and taught me how to worship, how to worship. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I grew up and I was kind of like a skeptic when people were like raising their hands in church. And I'm like, you don't really feel that. What are you doing? Like, you're just doing a show. Um, then I started thinking about it. Like when someone scores, and I think we have a video up here. Can you pull that video up for us? You guys remember the Viking Saints game? couple weeks ago. Like, what is, what is an immediate reaction when someone like Why us? Touch down? I want you to watch this little guy right here. He's stressed out right now. Vikings are about to lose. Bad news. And when he watched this. Amazing. No way! Oh, this one's the best piece. Oh my god. Get that. Yeah! 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 Keep going, keep going. Oh my god! I mean this dude. If you saw people worshiping like this, you would be freaked out, but it's totally fine. Vikings are winning, so we're good to go. Like, just total, like, just surrender and, like, peace. But so God takes me on this journey of learning how to worship, which is really, really cool. Um, I've always had this dream of playing in the NBA or the NFL. That's, like, what I'd pray when I was younger. I was like, God, let me be 6'4". That didn't happen. 
And then let me play in the NBA or the NFL. Those are literally my two requests from God. I was a pretty simple guy. That's all I wanted to do. Um, six four thing obviously didn't happen. Um, if you know me, then and you know like my uh, uh, my history growing up and all this stuff, I would always wear this Redskins uniform, now known as the Washington football team. I would wear this Redskins uniform growing up. I would go out in the backyard and I would pretend like I was on the Redskins with my imaginary friend Nick. And unfortunately, he's no longer with us. My imaginary friend Nick and I would literally play through whole games. I would go out to what I determined was midfield of my backyard. I would flip a coin, an imaginary coin, and I would decide that I was going to receive because we're going to go score first. And every single time, I was going to be the one to save the day and go win the game, last second touchdown. I always had this dream. And I'd get so close to realizing this dream. And I got to be in the NFL locker room, and I got to see God start to rip it away from me. Um, and around my junior year in high school is when I started this relationship with Jesus. It's like when my heart started getting captured by the gospel. Um, and over time, I just started to experience more and more of his freedom. But I would say, and Lauren will probably say this too, over the past two and a half, three years has been the biggest growth for us in our relationship with Jesus for our entire lives. Um, our biggest growth for us. Pull up that first scripture for me in Hebrews. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? You are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline. Then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. That's a little harsh, but um, moreover, we, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. And it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produced a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Trained by it. it says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So it's this idea of God giving you these hardships in your life, not to be against you, but they're for you. Not to be against you, but they're for you. And this crazy thing is he puts these things in your life that are tough. You realize you need to lean on him, and he's the one that heals you. And in the end, it says that you become the healer. Because you've been healed, you get to heal others. You get to be the one that goes and shares your story that actually inspires and encourages and heals others of their wounds as well and helps them through what God's doing in them. This story has always captivated me. It's a story in John 11, and we'll pull that up here in a second. But um, the story in John 11, when Jesus is going to his friend Lazarus, because Lazarus has died, and he's been dead for four days. And the reason why four days is, is significant is because that was the point when they thought there's no, no more chance. They thought it was over. Four, four days, they would say, they would stop asking for a resurrection. It would be done, right? Um, and he goes to him, and he speaks a word. Let me go to that scripture real quick. It says, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And another version says, Lazarus, get up. Like, imagine being there. He's speaking to this man who's been dead for four days. It says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Then this next part is awesome. It says, Jesus said to them, 
take off the grave clothes and let him go. So it's this idea, when we come to know Jesus, we're crossing over from death to life, right? But we walk out and we still have these grave clothes on. We still have these grave clothes on. We're still wrapped up in some bondage. Now, there's some things I believe that we're healed of immediately, but some things like we're still living in our old lives and still have these grave clothes on us. And I believe the rest of the sanctification process, becoming more like Jesus, is this process of him unwrapping these grave clothes. And sometimes it hurts. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it might leave a mark, right? But in the end, you live lighter. You live freer. So those songs that we were singing, it was crazy because like, I, that was the story. That's what I've been like praying over our lives. It's like what the enemy meant for evil, like he turned it for good. I thought that God was doing this against me, but he was doing it for me so I could live freer and freer and freer. So all that being said, I'll get into my story. So <clears throat> obviously I, I went to Hanover High School. I played football there. I didn't have many scholarship offers coming out of high school. Uh, I got a walk-on opportunity at UVA and Virginia Tech. And I decided I was going to go play at Virginia Tech um, because, honestly, they beat UVA all the time. So why wouldn't you want to go to Virginia Tech? Um, so went to Virginia Tech. I walked on. I had always kind of built my identity around proving people wrong. Like, I thrived on it. You told me I couldn't do something, I was going to do it, period. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So that's kind of what my identity was built around. Um, so I go to Virginia Tech. And I'm walking on, starting as a freshman. And it is surreal. Guys, it was awesome. Right? Like, I, I, I was starting to realize this dream that I'd had since I was a little kid. I had gone from playing against Patrick Henry High School in front of 4,000 to my first game in the Georgia Dome against Alabama, the defending national champions, in front of 80,000 people. And, man, I was nervous as heck. I was freaking out. But it was awesome. Then I started getting better and better throughout my four years. And it's just a surreal, surreal moment. And then I, I realize I have, a ch- I have a real chance to play in the NFL. So a um, little side note, at the end of my senior year, me and my wife now, we got engaged. So we're going through this process too. So just imagine, it's, like, it's just going up and up and up for me. Obviously playing way out of my league with my beautiful wife over there. Um, I, go, uh, I get invited to the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl. Didn't go the way I wanted to, but I'm kind of still on a path to get drafted. Get invited to the Combine. The Combine's this big event, if you don't know, where they go and scout players um, so they can get a chance to play in the NFL. Really didn't go the way I wanted to, but still on a path to get drafted. I get drafted in April 2017, like that video said, and it was amazing. I just remember being so like overwhelmed with what God was doing. And I was like, God, you're so good. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to get a huge platform to speak your name. And this is the stuff I was genuinely thinking. Get a draft in April 2017. In July of 2017, Lauren and I get married. And then we move out to California. Talk about quick turnaround with everything. Move out to California. Then I go in, uh, in August. We have training camp. And training camp was just not going the way I thought it was going to go. Like, I, I didn't understand it. I wasn't getting many reps in practice. I, I didn't understand why they drafted me if they weren't going to really give me a chance. It was, it was hard. I'd get one or, two reps of practice, uh, one or two reps in practice, and if you don't do well in those two reps, you feel like you failed because you don't get a bunch of opportunities. So you're kind of just judged off those couple reps. And I wasn't playing much in the preseason games. Um, then you get to that fourth preseason game, 
And if you're playing a lot in the fourth quarter of a fourth preseason game, you probably know it's not going to work out if you know much about the NFL. It's the last preseason game before the season starts. They're, they're uh, analyzing and scouting their players. If you're playing a lot in the fourth quarter, that means they don't really care about resting you for the next week. You're probably going to get cut. And I always remember thinking, God, what are you doing? Because I had built my identity on proving people wrong. And now, like these people that doubted me, doubted that I could do this, I felt like I was proving them right. And it crushed me. I remember coming back to our apartment in California, and I just remember breaking down. I, bro I broke down to Lauren, because Lauren had put some of her dreams on hold for me. I said, I'm so sorry. Like, I blew it. Like, I don't know what happened. And obviously, she was sweet and comforting and reassuring, but in my head, I blew it. I ruined it for us. And those next couple of days, I was just waiting for the call. First day goes by, I didn't get a call, so I'm starting to think maybe, uh, maybe it's going to work out. Maybe they're going to keep me. The next day, I get a call in the morning at 7 a.m. Say, hey, Sam, coach wants to see you. Mind bringing in your iPad, which is where your playbook is on, <clears throat> and we're going to come talk to you. And man, that ride over there. It was just hard. And I realized, you guys have probably gone through harder things, but this has been my dream since I was a kid. I feel like it was getting ripped away. It's what I always wanted to do, and it was getting ripped away. I go there, and they tell me some news that was actually good, but I didn't take it as good. They said that we're going to release you, but if you don't get picked up on waivers, and waivers is just this place where they put, uh, they put players who have been cut so any other team can come pick them up over a 24-hour period. They said, we're going to place you on waivers. If you don't get picked up, we're going to sign you to our practice squad. And practice squad is just where you practice all year and you don't get to play, um, which is obviously not something that I wanted to do. But it's gonna, I'm going to take it. It's my opportunity. It's my only chance. So I'm going to take advantage of it. But I just remember thinking, God, what on earth are you doing? So I'm practicing that whole year, trying to get better, trying to get better. And they actually started giving me a chance at running back a little bit which was awesome because I felt like I did some of that in college, so I was going to get a chance to show what I could do there. And at the end of that year, they told me, hey, Sam, you've done a great job on practice squad. We're going to give you a chance to play running back since we're not using a fullback anymore. I said, okay, it's perfect. It's perfect. So training a bunch that offseason, geared up. I have a new sense of energy. I was like, all right, there's one year waiting. I'm good to go. I'm good. Uh, Lauren and I go on vacation with our family. Uh, we went to, gosh, where, where were we? Somewhere in Cleveland. What was it again? Isla Mujeres. That's right. That's right. And we went, yeah, we're spoiled. We went there with our family. It was awesome. Um, we found this place that had like this rope swing, and all these people were doing backflips into the water. And if you know me at all, I'm not acrobatic. I'm actually just not at all. I'm athletic, I think, but not acrobatic. I could not do a freaking backflip. And I told you, like, I'm pretty competitive. I like to prove people wrong. So I was going to stay, and I was going to figure this thing out. So I was, doing this I was trying to do this backflip off this rope swing into the water, and I just could not figure it out. And I'm not kidding. When I say this, when I say, like, I felt God speak to me, I'm not saying an audible voice because that would freak me out, and I would probably cry and run away. But, like, I'm saying, like, I felt like this nudge saying, like, hey, get up, try again. I was like, okay. So I got up, tried again, fall straight on my back, and didn't feel too good. Like I said, like, get up, try again. And the whole time, Lauren is sitting there. She's like, you can do it. You're good. You can do it. Try again. Like, she's just standing there, like, just so persistent with it. Like, she's like, she was as invested as I was. She was going to stay with me. All right, so I get up, try again. Nope. Try again. Nope. 
and my family's here right now, they realize I probably tried about 70 times, and it was not working. It was not working. So what any sensible person did, I got someone to film it. I studied the film, took rest, went back the next day and tried again. So I go back, studied the film. I was like, all right, I know exactly. I got to pull up more with my feet over, and I'm going to do it. So about on the 12th rep the next day, I finally get it in the worst backflip you've ever seen. I, I'm considering it a backflip. I count it, but it was not. Um, I did get over. My feet went over my head, and I landed in the water. But it was slow. It wasn't good. I did it. But I felt like God was saying, I was like, God, what are you doing in this? Like, I'm wasting time away from my family. And he said, it's not about whether you get the backflip. It's about you getting back up and trying again. It's about you getting back up. Just try again. So I felt like that was the word that God spoke to me. I was like, all right, Jesus, like, until you tell me to stop, I'm going to keep pursuing this dream without shame, without guilt, without reservation. I'm going to keep pushing. So went back, started working out, and I was going to finally get my chance to uh, prove that I could play running back for the Rams. I was going to finally get my chance because we started our OTAs, which is basically like spring practice. I was going to finally get my chance to prove it. And they, I had someone come to me while I'm eating breakfast with my friends in the facility, and someone came to me that I hadn't seen ever, and that's not a good sign. I said, hey, Sam, come with me for a second. Go ahead and bring your, bring your playbook. Dang, what on earth did I do? We haven't even started. I go there, and uh, I, I meet with the coach. He said, Sam, we're not using a fullback. Um, we feel like we're doing you a disservice by keeping you on the team. We're going to release you. We believe you can play, all this stuff. And at this point, I'm just, like, checking out. I'm like, I just want to get out of here. So I pack up my stuff, and that's, it's just a hard thing to do. You're packing up your stuff in front of your friends. They're all watching you, feeling bad for you. You're getting your stuff in a big bag, just trying to leave as quickly as possible. And I leave, and I go home uh, to Lauren, knock on the door. She said, hey, oh, she knew exactly what was going on. So I'm in this situation where I'm like, what do I do now? We got to drive all the way back. Our cars are there. All of our stuff is there. We got to figure out how to move back, move back home. So we're just trying to figure everything out. I remember this moment. I was sitting in my empty apartment because everything was starting to move out. And we're, we're leaving in a couple of days. And Lauren wasn't there. And I was just playing my guitar. And I just felt like Jesus was saying, hey, like, I'm not going to leave you. Just trust me in this. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. But just trust me. And I just started worshiping in that moment. That was the first moment when I really felt like God was teaching me how to worship out of this, like, broken spirit. Like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to praise you. Like, my praise is my weapon that we sung about today. Like, and there's tears coming down my face, and I was singing Reckless Love. Like, which is so weird because it's so backwards to the world, right? Like, in the world, you get things, and then you thank God for it. But he was ripping them away. He said, thank me anyway which is just hard. It's just difficult. I was like, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And what, what a really hard thing to do is to trust God, not for the gift that he gives you, but just to trust him for him. Trust him because he's good. Do we trust the gift or the gift giver, right? Do we trust the gift or the gift giver? He started ripping these things away. So we get up, we drive across country, go back home, uh, my awesome sister allowed Lauren and I to live with her uh, and her husband for a couple of months um, just while we were in this waiting season. Because at any moment, I could get called and I could get picked up. At any moment, this could happen. So I had to be ready. Had to be ready. So I was just going to train. 
literally my days looked like this. I would wake up, I would eat breakfast, a big breakfast because I had to keep on weight, big breakfast, I would go, I would train for three or four hours, I'd come back, I'd eat more, I'd eat more, I'd eat more, go to sleep, wake up, do it again, do it again, do it again, just day after day. And texting my agent, like, hey, has anything happened? Hey, nothing right now because of X, Y, and Z, but it's going to happen here, all this stuff. Wait till camp starts going up again, then people are going to bring on more players. It's like, all right, so we get around to training camp. Phone's not ringing too much. Finally get this call. I think it was like day two of training camp when training camp started. I got a call from the Patriots. They said, hey, Sam, we're going to bring you in for a workout. We got a flight for you at 11 a.m. It is 8 a.m. at that time. It's like, okay, thanks for the heads up. And then I had a backpack ready to go. Sorry, backpack ready to go. And I get to the Patriots. We get there. Um, got there like around 2, whatever it was. The workout was an hour later. And I don't think God teases us like, you know, I don't think he does that. I don't think he's mean. But it sure felt like it at times. Because... <laughs> When I was there, I had a good workout. They're like, man, you did a great job. That was awesome. They said, all right, just go wait in the signing room. Sweet. I'm in. I was like, oh, so that means I'm signing? They said, oh, no, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. Like, we're just going to go talk, watch film, all this stuff. Like, okay, well, why would you call the signing room? You could have made me wait in the waiting room? Like, why the signing room? <laughs> um, so then, over the course of the next couple hours, they're like, all right, we're going to take you. We're going to get you some drug tests and all this stuff. And if they're going to take blood and do all that stuff, then you're probably getting signed or else they wouldn't care if you came back positive or something or anything like that. So I was excited, ready to go. And they put me in this hotel for the night. They said, all right, we'll see you in the morning. I said, great. Get up in the morning. They're like, all right, we got, our, we got your flight back at 12. What on earth happened? What's going on? So I get back. And I'm just like in this waiting period again. I didn't know what was going on. So... Control what I can control, right? Get up, go train again. Go train again. Keep trying. Just like that story of the backflip. Get up, try again. Try again. Try again. So I do that. Get up, try again. Um, I get a call a couple days later from the Green Bay Packers. They say, hey, Sam, we're going to bring you in tomorrow morning. A couple of our fullbacks are hurt. We need to bring someone in. You're top on our list. We're going to have you work out against some people, but you're top on our list. All right, great. Perfect. So I wanted to go get tuned up on a couple of drills they were going to have me do. So I went to Sports Reality, which is a place where I actually train now um, and run some programs out of. I trained, um, and went there to go prep on some things. And I remember, it was just me in the facility. They opened it up for me and they left. So it's just me in this empty facility. I remember praising God. I literally got on my knees. This may sound weird to you. I got on my knees and I, my hands were just lifted. And I started singing, Jesus, I love you. Like, this is going to be it. Jesus, thank you for bringing me through all this. This is what you're doing it for. I'm going to go be a Green Bay Packer. I'm not kidding. Not 30 minutes later, I get a call. It says, hey, Sam, we spoke too soon. We talked to the doctors. Fullbacks aren't as badly hurt as we thought. We're going to keep them around, but stay by your phone. And I was like, God, you know what's going to happen in the future. Like, you know that. Why would you sit there and let me praise you like that? Why would you do that? That seems a little rude. <laughs> like, you, like, you're sitting there like, Jesus, I love, and I think he just loved that I was praising him, so maybe that's why he didn't tell me. I was like, oh, I'll tell him later. <laughs> um, and I felt him tell me, like, when I was asking that question, I'm heartbroken. I was like, God, why wouldn't you tell me? 
He said, why wouldn't you praise him like that anyway? Okay. So, a week later, now we're a week into training camp. Um, they've already played their first preseason game. I get a call from the Bills. The Bills' backup fullback got hurt. Bills' backup fullback got hurt. So I go and I, uh, I have this whole long story where, do I have, uh, is this music mean I got to cut it off here soon? Sorry. Stay with me. Just stay for a second. Um, I get a call from the Bills, and I need to go up, and I need to, uh, I need to fly up to LaGuardia where they're having training camp. I get a call from them, and the, the connecting flight to Rochester got canceled. It got canceled. So they told me, they said, hey, we're going to need you to drive from LaGuardia to Rochester through the night in this rainstorm. So I go through the night in this rainstorm. I'm driving to Rochester, New York, and it is tough. It is tough because I'm sitting here thinking the whole time, like, am I even going to get to play? Am I even going to get to do this? So I go through the night, and I drive there. I show up at 3 a.m. I have a workout at 5 a.m. I get signed at 6 a.m. I get signed at like 6.30 a.m. And then I play another preseason game. I play two more preseason games, and then I get cut again. And I'm sitting here thinking, what are you taking me through? What are you doing through all of this? And it was in that moment, I went to church on Sunday in, uh, in New York, and that moment when I finally was comfortable enough to lift my hands, I said, Jesus, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust you with everything I have. I trust you with everything I have. I remember when I was at the Bills, I just kept repeating over myself Psalm 23. It said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just kept repeating this over myself. Guys, God says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He doesn't remove us from the situation. He says, no, we're going we're gonna to eat right here in the presence of fear, in the presence of doubt, in the presence of shame. You're going to eat right here with me. And shame, fear, and doubt, they don't get a seat at the table. You do. You get to sit with the king. You get to sit with the king of kings. You get to sit with the Lord of lords. In the presence of everything. So I got to go on this process of understanding what it looks like to praise Jesus in the presence of my enemies. And God gave me this picture, and I bring this picture up a lot. Gave me this picture of two different people. He put this on my heart. It's funny that God speaks to me in pictures because I am the world's worst artist. I cannot draw. But he gives me this picture, and like if you want to look at it, I can show you later. But he gives me this picture of two different people. And there's one person standing next to this giant plant, and he's struggling to hold it up. And like he's trying to show that he's smiling and all this stuff. And you look beneath the surface, and there's just these baby little roots. And then he gives me this another person, this other person that is on his knees, like weeping over the ground. And there's rain coming down. And there's only this little stump. But beneath the surface, there are these giant roots, giant roots. And I felt like he was telling me, hey, I'll take care of the plant. I'll take care of what comes above the ground. 
you just focus on the roots, you just worship me, you just look to me, you just praise me, you just get alone with me. Praise is our weapon. Praise is our weapon. I thought that's what I really wanted. I thought that's what I really wanted to play in the NFL. And I was praying for this platform, guys. I was praying for this platform to reach people, even like in a good-hearted way to reach people for his kingdom. But if I'm honest with myself, my platform only extended to about two or three people on my team around me that I was speaking into. Right now, there's I'm coaching high school football. There's 90 kids on the team that I get to speak into. We have people over our house every week, about 40 other kids I'm speaking into. I, I lead this program called Easy Day Training, where there's about 90 different people through programs. I thought my platform was going to be from the NFL, but it was actually from God ripping it away that I got a platform. In the presence of our enemies, he asked you to praise him. He asked you to praise him. The truth is, if we asked him what was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have signed up for it. Probably wouldn't have signed up for going out to California, getting it taken away getting a call for the Patriots, Green Bay, going to play with the Bills, getting it taken away. I probably wouldn't have signed up for that, but he took me on this process of just worshiping in the midst of it, just worshiping and praising, lifting hands and worshiping. So guys, if, if they can lift hands because the Vikings score, like I can lift hands because I'm meeting with the King of Kings. The greatest thing I could ever encourage you to do is go get alone with Jesus and seek his face. And understand what it's like to dwell in the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord is not just here at New Community. It's right at home in your room. Lock the door and get alone with Jesus. And let him speak to you. And practice this act of worship. Where you're just lifting your hands and praising the king. And praising the king because he's so worthy. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we see him face to face? Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we're just looking in awe of our Savior? We're not going to be thinking about our NFL dream. We're not going to be thinking about that. What does it mean to praise the king? So when I had someone do this for me, and I know this might be weird for some of you guys, but I had someone do this for me, it kind of like let me practice it because everybody else had to do it too. So while I pray us out, I want you to just open your hands, lift your hands, however you want wherever you are, and just take this as a time, as Brandon was praying earlier, that we would just be completely in this moment. So join me for a second and just open your hands or lift your hands, however you want to do it. Jesus, you are king. You are Lord, your savior, your friend. Show us what it's like to worship you. Let us get away with you. Let us get along with you and be in awe of your goodness. Be in awe of who you are. You are our shepherd. We lack nothing. There is no good thing that we lack. God, you are so good. We love you in your name.
in that. And I think we can all relate to moments where we're completely confused and yet we're given a choice right there. Um, and I know when we spoke about this day and you guys kind of shared your heart, just what God did and you too, Lauren, in this. Talk, talk a little bit, you know, this, this situation was, um, I said it in, in the email, you know, it, you were, you didn't have so much direct control over it, but you were directly impacted. Talk about that for you. What was this like for you and what, what did God teach you in that? Um, I think that like a lack of control is a really good word because I was such a controlled person. Um, and then it was kind of like this whole whirlwind where neither one of us really had control over anything. We kind of like had our lives planned out and he just ripped it all away for both of us. Um, and I think that especially for me, I was trying to be strong because I knew that he was struggling a lot. Um, and so I really just felt like he was telling me like, I'm not going to have control. So I have to put it all on him. And I feel like more so for me than Sam, like my relationship with Jesus really grew because I realized like, I don't have control. We don't have control over our lives. Um, and he just kind of put it on my heart to give everything to him because we really didn't have a choice. <laughs> um, and so because of that, I feel like my relationship definitely would not be where it is with Jesus today if Sam was still claiming that that's all his, for sure. Uh, anybody outside of the NFL part, anyone relate to that? Yeah, you put your hands together for that. Yeah. Been in that seat. I, I really did, as we were praying, just felt like it was important to invite you up to share your story because I felt like more than just sharing what had happened, I feel like there are people here today who are feeling that right now. They're, they're feeling out of control. They're feeling like things are out of control. They, they can't even affect it. What would you say to that person who's here today? Like, how would you just encourage them right now? Um, I feel like whether, in your, whether you're in our situation or not, um, just going alone with Jesus, like Sam said, and meeting him by yourself and seeing what he has to offer um, is probably the best advice that we could give because really what he has to offer is better than that the world can come up with is what you need. Like, it's better than playing in the NFL. It's better than all the money in the world. It's better than the comfort that we had in California. Like, I would much rather be where we are now in the uncertainty and, like, that first year with Jesus than um, him playing in the NFL and us having everything on the outside. Um, because, honestly, yeah, what he has to offer is so much better. It's good. Hey. Can we? Um, can you just write where you're at? We want to pray one more time, especially for those of you who are in that seat. So just bow your heads with me. God, I just pray for those right now that are feeling like this situation. There's just things that they just feel, feels like things are out of control. Right now, Lord, would you show them that you're with them? God, you set this whole day up to be about that message from the songs to Sam's story to Lauren's, Lord, that you're with them. And I pray, God, you would meet your sons and daughters today in this space. You know, I don't know. We're just going to stay in a moment of prayer, and I'll just say this. I don't know your story. I don't know what's going on in your finances, your marriage, but you might be here, and you just feel distant from God. You just feel, you just know, you know you, know you need to be closer. And even as Sam it welcomed you to take that step, there's still something in you that just kind of just holds you back. 
You know, the promise that God gave us in Jesus is that you don't have to do anything to earn God's presence. It just takes a simple yes. He's done all the work. He's, he's, he's paid for the offer. It's on the table. All you have to do is take out, take out your hands and say yes to it. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, maybe you've even grown, gone to church all your life. You're super familiar with Christianity, but you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. I just believe right here in this moment, you can make that yes. You can say yes to him. And it, it really is. The Bible shows us it's just a simple prayer just a heartfelt prayer, something like this. Come on, just pray with me. Jesus, I'm with you. I invite you to come in and be with me. Come lead my life. I'm not in control, but I give you control. Come and be my Lord and my leader. God, I just pray for everyone in this room who prayed that prayer today. God, would you come? Would you bring a sense of your presence and of your assurance? God, would you come and would you wash them? God, in the same way that you met with Sam, God, in those tender moments, I pray right now you would meet with your sons and your daughters. Would you bring a sense of your spirit's assurance right now? And Jesus, we thank you. You're the God who never leaves us. You're the God who never forsakes us. You're the God that can take anything that's happened in our past, and God, you can transform it. God, you can use it for your good and your plan and your promise. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, thank Jesus one more time for his presence in the room. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.